Hello, everyone. I'm Dominique. And I'm Christina. And we are the Connected in Glass podcast. Every week, we will feature interviews with glass artists who speak to their creative processes and overcoming challenges. These conversations are real and raw. We hope that by sharing these stories, you're able to find some connection and know that you're not alone. We just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. We're super passionate about this project and work for hours every week to bring you this content. So if you'd like to help support us, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash connected in glass. Also, please consider joining our Facebook group, Connected in Glass Community, where we continue the conversations from these episodes. We'd love to hear from you. This episode of Connected in Glass is sponsored by Diddy Clips. Diddy Clips has changed the way we film our glassblowing videos, and we're proud to be working with them. Today, we're interviewing Morgan DeShane. Morgan is a glass artist based in Amherstburg, Ontario, who has been working with glass since she was 16 years old. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here with us. I am so excited to be here. All right. So to start, we want to hear all about you. Maybe skip the glass part of your life for now. Tell us about where you live, what you enjoy besides glass, and then get us into your story of working with glass. Okay. So I live in Amherstburg, Ontario, like we said. Besides glass, I enjoy being outside. The water is my happy place. I like kayaking and paddleboarding, um, yoga and meditation. All those things make me super happy. And I am also a direct support professional. And I'm also a full-time university student too. So I have a very busy life outside of glass. Oh, you do a lot, huh? Yes. (laughs) So tell us how you got into working with glass. So when I was 14, I went up north in Canada and we came across this really cool looking uh, motel and uh, we stopped to see, you know, what was going on there. The outside was like painted tie dye. So it was cool. It caught our, you know, attention. And this lady had her lamp working studio open to the public. So we went in and obviously being you know, super fascinated with it. I ended up leaving and couldn't stop thinking about glass. So I saved up my money and I took my first lamp working lesson at a local stained glass studio and the rest is history. Okay. So did you just keep pursuing classes in other locations after that? Or did you kind of set up your own studio right away? So my mom actually surprised me and bought a beginner kit, which was just, you know, the basic hothead torch setup. And I set it up in their garage and I self-taught myself everything after that. I've never taken another lesson. Oh, wow. That's cool, huh? Yeah. And... Tell us what inspires you or maybe what inspired you when you were 16 and how that's evolved to now. So I actually struggled a little bit in the beginning. I didn't know why my beads continued to crack and I almost gave up. I got very discouraged, but I continued to research 
and figure everything out. And eventually things started going my way. Things stopped breaking and I upgraded to a new torch setup. I ended up getting my first kiln and that kind of solved all of the problems. And again, you know, I just keep growing and trying new things and it just, it all makes me happy. Are there any mentors in your life that have helped you find that inspiration? My first lampworking lesson was with Lynn from Garage Glass Art. So she is the lampwork artist that taught me the basics. I have a local artist who's not on social media. Her name is Michelle and she owns the Rooted Begonia. When I originally set up my new torch with the oxygen concentrator, all that jazz, which is a, a big step from a hothead. And I set it up in my spare bedroom. So of course I had to make sure everything was safe. She invited me into her studio, which is in her home. And she taught me exactly how to set everything up properly so that it was safe. And I didn't have to worry about blowing up my house. Good friends to have. (laughs) Yes. And I have made a very good friend via Instagram. Her name is Veronica and she owns Beads by the Sea NL. And I have made this beautiful relationship with her, which is just over social media. And we talk about glass all the time. We bounce ideas off of each other. We can vent to each other about things that are bothering us. And she has been um, someone that I have thoroughly enjoyed Uh, creating a relationship with through this community. We all need our supports in that way. So that's nice. And internet friends are the best. (laughs) For sure. And I find that people that work with glass are few and far in between, especially women. So it's been great um, having her as a lamp working buddy. So can you verbalize yourself, work for the people that haven't had a chance to see it yet? So I find my work to be on the smaller scale. I think people are a little bit shocked sometimes when they get their things because of how tiny they are. I can't make bigger things. I don't know. They just come out small. And then I really enjoy working with colors. And what kind of glass are you using? I use all soft glass. And one thing that I think is really cool about your work is it seems like you're not using bead release mostly. You're just building it right on the mandrel, right? And that just becomes the the station point for your work, correct? Did you discover that on your own through learning on your own or... So I wanted to make something unique, um, especially unique to this area. There are a few other glass artists. However, none of them were making plant sticks. So I had a bunch of old mandrels and I thought to myself, why don't we just try to put some glass on the end of these mandrels and see what happens. And that's how I started making plant sticks. So obviously we don't use bead release for that. They're made right onto the end of the mandrel and they stay there. Are you one of those people that just has a lot of ideas all the time or do you ever feel stuck? And if you do feel stuck, how do you work through it? 
So there are definitely times where I do feel stuck because I like to go with the flow when I get on the torch. And when I have a lot of orders that I need to do, sometimes it's almost like I get annoyed. Like I would rather be doing what I want to do. There are times where I'll sit down at the torch and I'll make plant steaks the whole time. There's other times where I want to sit on the torch and I want to make ocean beads. And when I can't sit down and do what I want, it sometimes gets discouraging. And when you're coming up with a new design idea, do you draw it out or write it out or do you just take it right to the torch? So I can't draw at all, not even stick people. So it goes right to the torch. I'm really good at um, being able to deconstruct something in my mind and envision exactly how to put it back together piece by piece with glass. Mm, that's a cool skill to have. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit of how you started working on your TikTok? Because I feel like the videos you make are really great, but you have quite a big following there too. So tell us a little about that. So I feel like I know who I am. I share my authentic self on TikTok and on Instagram, and I show my authentic self to my customers. I don't want people to like me for what, you know, for something that I'm not. So I think it's incredibly important to be you when you are sharing your business so that your customers know um, exactly who they are buying from. I constantly think once I've posted something on TikTok or Instagram, how long is it going to take before I see someone else make this? Because I share bits and pieces while I'm creating almost like a tutorial for free. <laughs> and I do have a lot of people that end up making exactly what I'm making. I try really, really hard to make unique pieces, especially plant steaks, because that's what I enjoy making. And sometimes it gets really discouraging to see other people copying things exactly the way I make them. And how do you unpack those feelings within yourself? Like, how do you continue to share how you're doing things, even if it does kind of bring you down? I make more things, more things that are unique. And I need to just continue staying um, ahead in a way and continue making original pieces. I feel like people see my pieces first and then other people create them. And I would hope that they know that I am the original creator, but I try my hardest not to let it discourage me. As a teacher, that's something that I always struggle with because I feel like I'm mentoring a lot of people and oftentimes they look up to an artist and they want to mimic them. And I always try to tell them like, it's okay to mimic them for a little while, but then you need to figure out how to make your own version of it. So it's like, I think it's something that we all need to talk about a little bit. It's not like you can be the only person that puts like funny critters on plant steaks, but, you know, figure out how to have your own style or your own personality, your own voice within that. And maybe like give a little credit to the original artist inspired by that, that, you know, exactly. I have, you know, when I first started, I would try things that I would see other people make. And I always have made it a point to say, 
this is inspired by this person, please go check out their work. I feel like it must get really exhausting in a way, having to always like stay ahead of people who are mimicking your work and maybe they're doing it as a compliment, but like, how do you, how do you deal with just constantly trying to come up with new ideas? I mean, it just seems like so much work. (laughs) (laughs) I like to bounce ideas off of some of my closest friends and I have other artists that I talk to who will say, hey, you should try this or that. And sometimes I'll just flat out go on social media and say, hey, what do you guys want to see? And when you're working through and making all this stuff, how do you figure out what you're going to price it? Do you have a formula or do you kind of base it on other prices of what you see other people doing? Or I struggle with pricing my work. I find it very difficult. And the reason is, so I've been in a place before where I've worried about money. I've been in a place before where I haven't worried about money. And I want everybody to be able to purchase something if they want to purchase something. And sometimes that's difficult with glass. We know it takes a lot of time. It's expensive. But I really do try to make a variety of things to fit into everybody's budget. And if you were to talk about the way that you make your income through glass as a pie, can you talk to us a little bit about the different ways? So is it a lot of custom orders or is it online sales or how do you get your income and how does it separate out? So I get a lot of income through Etsy. That's the platform that I choose to sell my art on. And I prefer not to do custom orders. However, I do select some and I do art shows when I am available to do art shows. And I, I want to ask about your social media too. So do you like you make sales through your social media outreach as well? Like, and that kind of bounce like bounces over to your Etsy. Yeah, so most of the sales that I get via like Instagram DMs is local orders for people who want to pick them up. And do you ever like collaborate with the other glass artists that are around or you typically work solo all the time? So when it comes to other glass artists, I do work solo. I mean, we can't really combine any soft pieces of glass together to make a mega piece like people do with uh, Boro. So that's something that I work solo on. However, my husband does help out. He packs up orders and cleans beads for me when I need help. So I do have an assistant in that regard. Golden. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice to have a supportive partner. For Um, sure. So how do you, okay, you're clearly a really busy person. How do you manage your time or like find balance anywhere? (laughs) I don't sleep. (laughs) No, I do really try to balance my day. I rely on my planner and I plan everything down to the hour. (laughs) My kind of person. (laughs) Do you 
do you know what imposter syndrome is? Do you ever do you ever feel that imposter syndrome is something that affects you in your life? Yeah, I don't ever feel like I'm not um, good enough. The one thing that I do feel, though, is when people say, you know, like you, I, I can't believe you do this and um, you make it look so easy. And I'm just like, meh, thanks. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't ever think of it. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that question, I guess. <laughs> well, that was no, that's okay. good. It was a good discussion. Yeah. And do you, when people like say you make it look easy and maybe they're putting a little bit of a judgment on it, do you, do you not let it affect you? Do you kind of like brush your shoulders off on it or do you, does it ever actually really bother you? No, it never bothers me. I take it more as like a compliment. They're saying that something looks easy, but it's actually incredibly hard. So it, that doesn't bother me. And do you ever struggle from anxiety or depression, or do you find that you can live pretty free of that? Of course, I, we've talked about how busy I am. So obviously I deal with a lot of anxiety regarding being overwhelmed a lot of the time. And I find when I do feel those feelings, it's incredibly hard for me to create things which is like a snowball effect. We, I end up getting behind on everything at that point and it's hard to get out of that. Do you have any like coping skills or things that you do to help you get out of that? Being outdoors and doing things that I enjoy and taking some of the pressure off of myself, I definitely find that helps. I'm not the kind of artist that thrives on sadness or anger, feelings like that. You know, some painters have their best pieces or create their best pieces during those times. I can only make beads when I'm happy. And I've had people and customers tell me that my work is happy. My beads are happy. And I always tell them that it's because they're genuinely infused with happiness because those are the only feelings that I feel when I create my pieces. That's beautiful. And if you could tell your younger self something, um, maybe when you were 16 and you were just starting out and maybe feeling a little frustrated, what would you tell yourself? Things take time and things take hard work. It's taken me a long, long time, lots of hours of practice to get to where I am today. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah, for sure. And what is for you, your definition of success, or do you feel like you have already reached that success? I don't think that I've reached that success. I think success is something that we're constantly working on. And I define my success personally by setting goals each month, yearly. And when I achieve those, if I achieve them, it makes me incredibly happy and incredibly thankful. So that is part of your planning is making sure to set goals in that regard do you yeah 
do you do that? Do you sit down monthly or do you try to do that once a year? Or can you tell us a little bit about that process? So each month I set a goal on what I would like to bring in from Etsy. And then yearly I'll set a goal on what I want to bring in from Etsy as well. I don't set a goal for the locations locally that I sell in. That's more so a bonus for me. So I don't calculate that. So do you have final words of wisdom, like parting words to give folks a little conclusion? So I, I think that if anybody is interested in like starting with glass to definitely take the plunge and do it. I know it's scary at first, but it brings me so much joy in my life. And I know it brings so many other people joy in their life as well. And I just want to say, go for it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Nice job. Perfect. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected in Glass. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more information on the artists we interview and for updates on the podcast.